Hi, everyone. Welcome to BBS Radio, where we do radio best. So this week, by the way, marks the third anniversary of Meta Mondays. And we've had some amazing guests in that time. And this week is no exception. We have someone with us that I have known for, I think, 15 years professionally. And her name is Gail Glasner-Torsky. And she's a hypno-counselor, hypnotherapist. She's a top-selling Nightingale author of the CD and book. And um, she's a motivational speaker. And she's also the president and founder of Glasner Hypnosis for Personal Growth and Wellness since 1999. Gail had, um, she's considered a world-renowned pioneer. And you know me with this pioneer stuff. Like, these are the people that I love because they're ushering us into this millennium. And, And it's just amazing. So she introduced her reprogram your subconscious and um, wait, wait, that's not it. It was reprogram your subconscious, how to use hypnosis to get what you really want. And after that, I think hundreds and hundreds of people either took her ideas or actually took the name. I'm not sure which it was, um, but they followed in her lead. And I want to just welcome her because we have so much to cover. Hi, Gail. Hi, Adina. Hi, how are you? I'm great. I'm very excited to be here. I'm really happy you're here, too. I've known you for a long time, and I really, really admire you. And I want to just start going right into what you have. Well, let's, you know, let's let our audience first get to know you. Uh, Could you give us your background, how you got into hypnosis first? I'd love to. Well, it's started when I was a high school teacher of English and speech arts, and there was an um, educational program, enrichment program, they called them, and I saw the title, Learn Hypnosis, and I was always interested, forever it seems, in how the mind worked, and I took the course, and it changed my life, because I learned techniques that gave me more control over my life than I ever thought was possible. And being a teacher, I thought about all the hundreds of different ways it could be used. And at that time, I said, I have to tell the whole world about this. This is so amazing. So that started my journey. And I finished teaching, had children. And then a friend of mine, a psychologist, one day said, weren't you interested in hypnosis? Well, there's this, this program where you can be certified as a hypnotherapist or hypnocounselor, and would you be interested? Well, I grabbed the sheet, I called Dr. Feldman, and I signed up that day. I knew that was what my life was supposed to be. And I never looked back. I had been doing speech and image consulting. I wrote speeches for people. I did sales training. I loved art, so I got into makeup, image consulting. I've done a lot in my past, but this is what it all builds up for because everything I've ever done has contributed to how well that I can uh, help other people in hypnotherapy. So So you really, this is, yeah, this is your passion. Oh yeah, I can, I can hear it. This is your passion. (laughs) So, um, okay. So you just did, this was what you put everything into when you just started your practice. 
Yes, what happened is I had um, my own makeup line, and I was a makeup artist, did weddings and so forth, and I did color analysis for people. So I had a, a nice client base, and when I decided to do hypnosis, well, all of us have issues that hypnosis can help, so I just transferred my clients who knew and trusted me from my speech and image consulting business over into my hypnotherapy business. So I was wow. really lucky. I started full time uh, right from the get go. I can't believe it. You took people who were just, you know, makeup, you know, got makeup and image consulting, and you just said, "Hey, how about some hypnotherapy?" And they were like, "Okay," <laughs> and that's what happened. Well, I I worked on um, self esteem issues. I worked right. on divorce. I worked on um, tennis. Um, sleep. I mean, like I said, all of us have the issues. We think that some other people are perfect. Well, there's mm-hmm. no such thing. Everyone has issues, and I call them soul issues because they're there so that we can improve ourselves and evolve. Right. So um, everyone has issues. I know. I'm sitting here looking at all the things that you we do for self hypnosis and before i even get to that i wanted to just ask you a question um between it it's reprogramming can you just do tell me what the difference that you have a specialty called reprogramming hypnosis oh yes thank you what i found first of all i'm quite intuitive I studied EFT when I was a high school teacher, so I had, at that time, it was politically correct, you could do readings for kids as you were sitting monitoring the hall. Um, so I followed my intuition, and as I saw more and more clients, I realized there was a tremendous analogy between the subconscious mind and computers. It was like we get programmed from the time we're born it's even possible while you're in utero, with beliefs, with mindsets, with fears, with all kinds of things, and it's done without us knowing it. It's like a program that goes into your subconscious computer, only you don't know it's there. It's many times what happens behind our screen, viruses and things like that can happen. Mm -hmm. Somebody can take over our computer and put things in and we have no idea. Well, your subconscious is actually your friend and your advocate. It wants to help you. It wants to please you, give you pleasure, and protect you. The problem is that there can be what I call as faulty subconscious programs, which means your subconscious thought at the time this was either going to help you, please you, give you pleasure, or protect you, but actually that was just the bottom line. In the long run, or it could even be the shorter run, it really was, a negative program for you and nothing that you would think your subconscious your friend and advocate would want you to have well what I learned was the subconscious has an operating manual and it only puts into your subconscious programs that it believes again do all those things to support you but its job description does not cover going back and reassessing reevaluating how good a program it turned out for you. It just gives you the bottom line. For instance, somebody 
can start smoking because there was a bunch of friends. They're feeling like really free and adult-like, and they're putting one over on mom and dad. And so all these good feelings, the subconscious, it senses it. And it wants to give you more pleasure, so it puts in a program to give you the motivation to continue smoking. Now, we all know it's not a good idea to continue smoking. It can cause all kinds of health issues and so forth and so on. But your subconscious doesn't know that. The program, it's still defense. So that's one reason it's so hard to stop smoking. However, the program I have in reprogramming hypnosis, actually, while you're in hypnosis, you can reach those subconscious levels, reach what I call is your suggestible subconscious, where it really can listen to your instructions and you can motivate it so it can follow through with what you've requested. So we literally can go to what started your smoking habit in that programming and say to the subconscious, this is not working. This is awful. This has got to go. And the subconscious, remember, wants to please and help you, will listen most likely and do just as you said. And then we reprogram because we never leave a vacuum. We always add something very positive. In fact, lots of things positive. So the subconscious won't choose on its own and make another mistake. So we would say, you know, instead of smoking now, I take deep breaths. I feel so wonderful to be free. I am so self-empowered. I did it. So we appeal to people's high self-esteem and other things that they request. Now, what I do that's probably different from other people in the field is I write a very personalized, individualized script so that I take an interview with them and we go over a script that may be as long as 10 to 18 pages long, covering really their whole life issues and putting in all the good things they want. And then when we actually do the hypnosis session, that's when we actually talk with their subconscious they're totally aware, they're more relaxed than normal, they're into the alpha state or theta state. If they go into delta, they're sleeping, and I always ask permission if I touch you on the shoulder and just say, while remaining highly focused and hearing my voice without sleeping, you continue now. So that sometimes people do fall asleep when we're doing something so relaxed, but they still can be brought back to the either alpha or theta state. And then we put in, again, all the suggestions they want. They know ahead of time that everything I'm going to say to them for their suggestions, they've already pre-approved. And that's part of what makes it successful. There's nothing like feeling I'm going to be controlled. Now, I'm just a facilitator. I'm giving you what you want. And then I make an audio, so we reinforce everything by listening to the audio. And there are many people who've never heard a complimentary word said about them. They've never told them they were lovable or good enough or things of that sort. So this is like a revelation to them, and it's, it's just amazing. And we follow up and make sure things are working. If there are any resistances, we follow up with why there is a resistance, what other faulty subconscious program could be resisting. And that's that's really basically it. Uh, I typically see a client for six to seven hours total, and it can be over as many weeks as they want. Um, I like to do it within eight weeks, but it's really up to the client. And then um, they keep a journal, 
so that they can see the positive changes. It's very important they recognize that so that their subconscious knows how happy it makes them to have made mm-hmm. those changes. So that's, that's about it, and I do train other people in my particular protocols. Uh, I do extensive training. It's not just a short weekend, and I mentor them for a year. Okay. You know, I just want to say something. First of all, that was the best explanation of our subconscious that I've ever heard. Really, honestly. The second thing, it's true. It really is. The second thing I want to say is that for those of us who are very spiritually minded, we kind of let that subconscious thing go away we think it's you know it's karma it's spiritual but i do want to say and and it's true in the close to 20 years that i've done psychic um medium readings medical intuitive readings every single thing that i have done always goes back to the very beginning of childhood always always it's those first things we heard we felt we saw so gail is in effect really giving us again that piece of the puzzle that we that we have never been able to get at so it's as spiritual as and as practical as you can get literally because that's it it's it's very spiritual. And what happens, I mentioned I found out I was intuitive when I was quite young, in my 20s. Um, when I'm working with a client, and this happened one time, um, just give me an example, something came with terrible anxiety. Just all of a sudden, there's an onset of very strong anxiety. He saw me. And when we're starting the session, I get this voice I hear, and it says, tell him his son is in a lot of trouble and he needs to pay attention. And I got the feeling that this was the man's mother. Mm-hmm. Okay. What happened? <laughs> oh, I, th- I think there's a technical thing. Um, Am I back? You're back. You're back. Okay. I was all excited to hear what happened. Um, okay, yeah. so I... I heard that you got the the feeling that you needed to tell this man that his son was in trouble, but you felt that it was his mother saying that, right? Or for his right. mother. Okay, yeah. and then I didn't hear it. It's definitely a woman's voice, and it mm-hmm. sounds like somebody, like a relative. So I asked permission. I never tell anyone anything unless I ask them um, if, if that's okay. And he said yes. And um, I mentioned that, and he went, oh, I thought something was going on with him. And he said, his mother had passed. He said, that must have been my mother. And a few minutes later, I think it was a few minutes, it may have been an hour, I'm not sure, but during that time that he was with me, all of his anxiety was gone. Wow. Yeah. So I feel yeah. I was a conduit for... Okay. I have to say this. You're a natural medium. Can I train you? Seriously. (laughs) I am like, this is, mediumship is like my my total calling and love. You are a natural medium. I am like thrilled. But let's go back to you. And let's go back to, um, you know, 
what you do. I'm looking at all of the things, all of the fears, all of the the things we, you know, the the things we can do before, but before we even get there, let's go into the brainwave thing because I've talked mm-hmm. about that before. I have one of those machines that take us on uh, alpha, delta, beta, you know, takes me on little mm-hmm. trips for things. So explain to us how it works with hypnosis. Okay. Well, in my book, I show the graph. And if you were to see beta, which is our conscious state, right. it is like jagged lines going up and lots of spikes. Okay? When you get into alpha, which is another state of consciousness, which is much more relaxed, all of a sudden it's smooth. And the, the high spikes aren't as high. It's smoother hills. If you go deeper into theta, it's even more sloping hills, not as high, again, nothing jagged, very smooth, and delta is very, almost like a, a straight line, not quite, it still has ups and downs, but not as high, mm-hmm. and what that means, delta is the sleep state, like when you're in, in sleep, or like in an operation, something of that sort, yet your subconscious is suggestible when you're in alpha, beta, and delta. And that's why listening to hypnotic guided imagery while you're sleeping, it actually does go into the subconscious. And as long as there's nothing contradicting the messaging of that, uh, it will make positive programs for you. Um, Alpha is also the daydream state. So there's such a thing as waking hypnosis, where you can be just in the alpha state, and yet, it's just your subconscious is suggestible. Now, mm-hmm. children are almost always in the alpha state, so they're highly suggestible and highly vulnerable to the words that we say. And that's why so many things, I think, happen in childhood because there are no parenting skills that we learn. I never had any in high school or college. Uh, I read Dr. Spock, and, you know, we read things about pregnancy, but never really got into parenting skills. Plus, parenting skills, as I know it, haven't gotten into exploring the subconscious and the powers it has and the effects that our words have and our actions. We are role models, whether we like it or not, for our children. And it's very, very important to understand how we're impacting them with what we say and how we choose our words. They do not understand sarcasm all the time. If you say, oh, you're such a troublemaker, ha, ha, ha. They Mm -hmm. hear, I'm a troublemaker. I must be bad. I'm no good. And it impacts their self-esteem immediately. Now, does it do that for every child? Uh, No, I can't say it does it for every child. Can I say you can tell which child? I can tell you the more sensitive child or children for sure. But there are a lot of people in between, so it's best to know about the subconscious and not take any chances with what you say. And if you make a mistake, it's very important to let your child know you made a mistake. What you said was wrong. You really didn't mean it. And you want to tell them, you know, to please forgive you for that. And that means that you can recover from what you said, but you have to acknowledge it. And the child, what's so wonderful when 
I've worked with young children, they start making it clear to their parent when their parent is doing something. And we've already discussed with the parent about the subconscious mind and hypnosis and so forth. But the child will call it to your attention. So it makes for much better relationships between parents and children. No one can see me, but I'm just sitting here nodding my head like a lunatic up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, Gail and I had touched on this. I don't have many, you know, issues where I get on a soapbox. I really don't. I don't judge because chances are I've done it already. But um, when it comes to children, because I was a highly sensitive child and I had parents who were not conscious at all, um, I waited until middle age before I had a child and I did that because I refused to have a child until I was psychologically sound and I knew exactly what I was doing and I was stable and um, I also I at one point had to I I lost the bond with my son when he was around two and a half he started tuning out and started banging his head and started doing a lot of things that I knew where it was going and rather than force him to be the child I wanted him to be I went along with the child he was and he went to a school for a year and that was it he's brilliant he's He's brilliant. He's wonderful. He's this calm guy. He's the best in the world. But I made sure every single day of my life that every time I thought to say something to him, that it was gentle, it was kind. And if I was if I was angry, I would think, now, what would my so and so say to me? And then I would just do the opposite. (laughs) <laughs> that's how I did it. Mm-hmm. Just do the opposite. Mm-hmm. And and that's how I I raised my child. And I know that Gail, you are working on something with children. And I think now, particularly what's been happening with our children across the board is that there are more issues daily. So could you tell us what you've been doing? Well, I'm working on a project. Um, There's a certain group of uh, children afflicted with a disorder, um, which is a sensory processing disorder. Uh, It's not been well recognized. Many of you in the audience probably haven't ever heard of it. I actually hadn't heard of it until recently. And um, it's where the senses of the child are so strong that the things that are normal to us or other children become painful or totally disruptive or threatening to another child. Now, the disorder can have anything from being sensitive to sound, like a normal sound. They can cry, so hurtful to them, or um, a child that is sensitive to touch, so that even picking clothes that the child can wear is a terrible problem for parents. Uh, some can't even wear underpants. It's so painful to wear clothing. Um, it can be something where a, a child is shocked easily uh, by things that are said. Um, all kinds. I mean, there's many, many different kinds. There's an oppositional sensory disorder. Uh, 
So I've been working on this because I do feel that there's a real opportunity for parents to get a wonderful tool to help them and their children deal with it and live a much more normal life. I'm not saying, although I wish I could, that there's a cure I know. No, it's not a cure. It's rather a technique, a tool, but it can make a huge difference. And with um, a group I have worked with, a small group, um, I heard the the, the um, evaluation of one mother. She said it's like a night and day difference. Mm-hmm. So I am investigating this further and further, and I'm going to be working with other children who have um, disorders of this nature, and I'm going to work up a program, audio program for them that will make their life so much easier and happier. Well, even though I worked in this field for about 15 years, I will not, I can't diagnose, but it is on the autism spectrum. I mean, that's exactly a lot of the symptoms. So what you're describing is another modality that could be used. And I think in conjunction with what people are doing, that would be amazing. So, I mean, I'm just... You know, I think that's amazing that you could do that. Some of the other things that Gail has written, I'm looking at some of these things. Um, She's talking about for situations for calming nerves. Well, first she has goals, okay? Then there are fears. So some of the goals are, you know, anything feeling nurtured. Um, Let's see, stopping yourself from criticizing Um, stopping yourself from taking out anger on someone else, unless, of course, they deserve it. And I'm teasing. (laughs) I'm joking. (laughs) No, I'm not. Okay. Okay, wait. Getting rid of your warts. You can can hypnotize yourself to get rid of your warts. Yeah. You can. I I had one woman that had terrible itching. Mm -hmm. So much that it woke her up at night and she had blood all over her sheets. Oh. And when we went to the source, it was emotional things going on between her husband and herself. Mm-hmm. And she hadn't told anyone about it. So here was all this pent-up emotion, itching to get out. And after we, we worked together and spoke about it, she, she called and said, it stopped. It completely stopped. Mm-hmm. Right. I kind of do that with Reiki with people when I go in and I find the emotional reason for it. But I'm using Reiki masters, not self-hypnosis. So mm-hmm. I think it's a little different. Now we're going to go into some of the things that um, she says for calming nerves and allaying fears. And <laughs> some of this is so cute, you know, um, before you're trying on last year's bathing suit. Um, you know, stepping on the scale. But listen to this. Before meeting your child's future spouse. Wait a minute. Before meeting... Oh, okay, I see. Um, before reading the directions of your new computer. Before seeing your family for Thanksgiving. Yeah, all of this stuff. I send out colors. I feel colors work for me. But this is fantastic. And the list just goes on and on. And it's abuse and and ADHD and addictions. And oh my God, she just goes on and on and on. How about some case studies? Um, 
I what just came up because there's so much in the news about some sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a woman who on a business trip, uh, they were having dinner and and somebody slipped her one of those pills and when she wasn't feeling so well, he said he'd be happy to take her up to her room. Well, she woke up uh, the next morning in bed with him um, mm-hmm. and having been molested, raped. And she came to me because she had to face him in court. Now, you can imagine. Yeah. Many women won't even go to court just because it's so traumatizing to do that. We worked on that. She went to court. She was cool as a cucumber. And mm-hmm. everything worked out really well for her. So I've had another client never told anyone. Uh, she was like uh, 18 when I, I think. 17, 18, when I saw her, had never told anyone that her her cousin had actually uh, raped her. And we worked through it, and we have to do a lot of forgiveness. But the best thing is we end up giving the person self-empowerment. And that's one of the things about hypnosis. Mm-hmm. It is one of the best ways to feel totally self-empowered because you can get through most anything. Um and that's one thing I do with my clients is I give them an education so that they can continue on and recognize when their subconscious is making a faulty program and know what to do about it. And then when it gets to be a really difficult issue, that's when they'll call me or one of the people that I've trained. Mm-hmm. But going on about um, other uh, issues that you wouldn't think of, somebody had a tick where he kept shaking his head you know, horizontally. Uh, and it turned out it was from a breakup with a girlfriend, and his body was denying that it happened, was not ready to accept it. So it was that shaking the head, no, no, that's what it symbolized. And then that stopped almost immediately after the session. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's there's a woman who had a cough that wouldn't stop, and she had it for eight years, and the doctors couldn't do anything about it. Wow. And mm-hmm. when she came to me, we found out it related to a terrible trauma in her life. The child had hanged himself in the garage, and that cough, again, was rejection, and it was around the neck, the cough, right? So it was all symbolic of the trauma still lodging itself in her throat around her neck. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we released it from her body, and the cough stopped within two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then I've had people, um, let's see, what else? Um, there's so many. Tennis player. You wouldn't think sports? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. He's like a semi-pro, and he uh, was able to come in second in the championship and did exceedingly well because hypnosis, you can train your body to do what you want. And it's any sport. I helped a famous uh, football player. I've helped uh, people with golf, and the guy, for instance, he said, I had to go down. I couldn't use the regular uh, uh, golf club I was using because my ball kept, you know, the golf balls kept going too far, so he had to go down a notch. And um, there's just a lot of a lot of ones that um, are, are using it for that. Um, self-esteem is Huge, and mm-hmm. a lot of issues go back to self-esteem. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I do. I, I always end up giving each person that sense, and they own it. I am, have invincible high self-esteem. So, 
So no one's able to affect me in any other way other than a neutral or positive way. Uh, then there was um, sadness. I had one client deeply, deeply into sadness. And mm-hmm. she she was seeing a psychiatrist and said, well, could hypnosis help, do you think? Because she had met me in uh, New Jersey where I had an office. And uh, her psychiatrist said, oh, don't waste your money on it. But she liked what I had to say, and she went ahead. They were going to do shock treatments. They didn't know anything they okay. were going to do for her. And she was mm-hmm. really afraid of that. Um, in the first session after the interview, after you know the script and so forth, the first actual hypnosis session, when she came back to conscious state, said it was like the light switch went on from dark to light. That's how dramatic it was. Um, I had a PTSD soldier, 18 years. Nobody could help him. Think about anybody in all the fields. Nobody could help him. Within eight months of six hours each month on the Internet, by the way, um, mm-hmm. he was pretty much back to normal. Now he's totally back to normal and, and taking courses in a university. Um, what about grief? Had- Gail, what about grief, losing someone you love? Oh, my God. And it really, was- you know, it really incapacitates you for a long time. I know. Um, I I feel very strongly about this. I lost my dad when I was 15, and one of the issues before I was trained, I went to another hypnotherapist to see what it's like as a client, and I went for grief about my dad. Um, for 38 years, I couldn't say his name or think about him without starting to cry and then sobbing, mm-hmm. so it mm-hmm. was really deep. And he helped me. I actually spoke to my dad in hypnosis, told him all the things I wanted to tell him, released the, the pain, kept the memories, kept the love. All you do is let go of the pain because mm-hmm. your loved one wouldn't want you to be in pain anyway and you don't want to be in pain. And after that, I could talk about him. And I was, I was the word I can think of is, I was all better, all cured. So it, it, I love working mm-hmm. with grief issues because there's, so much that you can do to relieve that pain and one of the things I tell people is even though your loved one is gone they're still in your heart and they're living through you so you want to have the best life and do the most good you can in this lifetime because you're doing it for you and your loved one and that just gives a special power to you so um, grief is one anxiety um, uh, let's see, what are some of the other ones? I do oh, self-punishment. Oh, go ahead, yeah. go ahead. Self-punishment is self-sabotage, and more people have this than maybe realize. Somebody may feel like they have a dark cloud over their head, and nothing turns mm-hmm. out right. They mess up right. everything, right? Mm-hmm. They likely have a self-punishment program. Something they did they felt very guilty about or very badly about. What happens when you're punished? Your mom or dad punishes you. You typically think you have to go to your room, time out. Maybe they thank you. And then it's over, right? Well, here, the self-punishment is to help you get over this. But once the subconscious puts it into effect, it continues on. Because remember, its job isn't to go back and evaluate whether what it did was good or bad. It just keeps it supported. And it defends it. So if you start to get a great job, it might mess you up and you'll lose that job. Or if you start a relationship and you're so happy, it'll turn Mm -hmm. it around. But it is 
it's one of the more difficult ones, but I've had tremendous success with it. Again, it's from the scripts that I write for people. And um, I have lots of other modalities. I do muscle testing, applied kinesiology. Um, I use NLP techniques. I have something called hypno eye emotional release. There are lots of things I use other than just straight hypnosis. And is a that EMT? Is hypno eye? Did you say that one more time? What? Hypno eye? Emotional release. Release. It's very okay. similar to EMDR. To EMD? Right, EMDR. Okay, yeah. that's what I thought. Can you just tell but our audience what that is? Yes. Um, a long time ago, a psychiatrist found that eye movements, REM sleep, going back and forth, help people to release emotional issues they had and traumas they had. Mm-hmm. And so um, I've done some research on it and so forth, but I found in hypnosis it's very, very safe because people are very relaxed during hypnosis. You can touch them and say relax and go back to your safe and healing place. Um, you can take them out of hypnosis. So they're totally relaxed and it's totally a safe environment. And they can literally release things and tell me how strong are those emotions from zero to 10. Mm-hmm. And by the time we finish, if it's not all gone, then what we do is the hypno-emotional eye release and we give suggestions during the session that we will do that and it'll be all gone and it's so easy to release it uh, by the end. So it's a different slant of it. I don't call it EMDR because it's not. It's it's a, a different variation. It's similar, but it's very effective. It has and to be. I have to tell you that I'm going through something that has been very traumatic lately for me. It's been going on for a while, and I'm really struggling with it. And the I think it, it kind of reached a fever pitch for me, I don't know, like four days ago. And for the last three nights... I have literally dreamt about the situation and I have been able to act in the dream and do all sorts of things and I'm aware of it in the dream. I'm very aware of it and I've woken up every day not feeling any of the thoughts or the pain or the feelings at all. And I really, I don't know why, I don't know how, no one's hypnotizing me, but it is REM, sleep. So I, there's no question. Well, I can't tell you. I know for sure. I can tell you my guess, and my guess would be um, that your angels are helping you because yes. during REM sleep, your subconscious is suggestible and working for you. Right. So that is a time. Very few people have the gifts that you have that, that can actually change things during their dream and can direct their dream. Right. But you just directed your positive outcome. I had to because it would have been something that I would not. I I know who I am and who I choose to be. And mm-hmm. I wasn't liking the feelings that I had. So I think I just turned it over. I want to ask mm-hmm. you a question that's important. Sure. Our subconscious does protect us right so there are memories i know people who don't even remember being younger than nine they don't and yet they have all sorts of i guess i want to say difficulties um i think that our subconscious protects us from traumatic events if 
I think a lot of us might be afraid maybe of knowing certain things that happened. Do we have to know them in order to heal them? No. Okay. You can do a self swoop and release them uh, without you knowing them. You can describe the pain and the pain associated with that issue, that trauma, that's what you're targeting and that's as specific as you need to be. Okay. Your subconscious okay. will know. But the subconscious doesn't work real well with generalities. That's why I was attaching it to a feeling. Like if you said, um, I want to feel better subconscious, make me feel better. Well, what does better mean? Mm-hmm. It's so general. But if you say, I want to wake up free of headaches. I want to feel clear-headed. I want to feel at peace and so forth. You want to be as specific as you can be and you want to focus on the positive words. Sometimes you have to say, um, I, I want all this anxiety gone. All right? Then mm-hmm. later, when you're referring to the anxiety, you can say, I only want peace of mind. I want calm. So you focus on what you want rather than repeating over and over again, oh, I have or my. Whenever you say my, you own it. So you want to talk about the, you know, what you used to have because you want the subconscious to know that's in the past. Right. And um, there are very, some very specific words that I teach people to help them. And the book, it's an audio book. It's, I have a new publisher, Gildan. Um, I've revised the 9CD Nightingale one. I wrote the book mm-hmm. on it, and then the Gildan one is from the book version where it's updated and revised about 40, 50%. Um, again, I'm a teacher. So I am teaching people how to do this step by step and giving mm-hmm. them scripts and all kinds of things. And my, my dream is to introduce this to the whole world and um, have the whole world, as many people as can understand it and want to use it, to use it because it is that valuable. And I should mention one other thing about uh, pain management. I had a four-year-old child who broke her arm, had it set, but they didn't set it properly. And she had to have another operation where they would re-break it and reset it. And you can imagine how stressed the Mm -hmm. whole family was about this. Well, I had worked with the mother before. She trusted me. She said, can you help her? And I said, oh, I've never worked with a four-year-old. I'll do my best. Of course, I'll do my best and do what I can. The little four-year-old is very smart. She took on, you know, immediately onto what I was telling her, understood the principles. Um, She listened to the audio I made for her, how wonderful it was going to be, how uh, she was going to be comfortable, and everything was going to work out great. The doctors would be so amazed how fast she healed and so forth. So she went through the operation, and afterwards it turned out to be a four-hour operation. It was a difficult one. And in the recovery room, the mother said, well, when can she you know, be released. And the nurse said, well, she's got, she can't be released till after all her pain meds, so she's off of those. Well, she went home that day because she didn't take any pain meds, and she didn't mm. need to take any pain meds the rest of the time. And so I think about the opiate crisis, everyone right. happened mm-hmm. to before, and, and uh, before any operation or procedure, and they will have a great chance of, of doing with very little. Somebody else uh, he said all he he didn't even take a Tylenol. He had a shoulder operation, shoulder replacement. 
And they mm-hmm. kept trying to force things on them. Oh, you got to take this, that. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. Right. And they're, they're amazed. But it works so well, and we could help so many people. What about somebody who can be hypnotized and it works, but it doesn't last? Okay. That could be um, a situation where they they haven't completely gotten rid of everything related to that issue. Or it could be a self-punishment program where it can go, you know, last for a little while, like somebody gets a good job, but then later they end up sabotaging themselves. Okay. So there are a couple different reasons that it okay. can help. Um, you have to be very thorough, and that's why I do a very thorough uh, script. I Sometimes see. I've had a script as long as 18 pages. And I do both direct and indirect suggestions, so it's not just telling you what to do. Everything has to be very customized. And one mm-hmm. of the gifts I have is understanding people really well and, and being an empath to see the world through their eyes, and that helps a lot. And that's the kind of people that I'm looking for to train. Mm-hmm. Um, some people come to me, they, they start at the very beginning just getting their hypnotist, certification, and then there's the master, and then there's the hypnotherapist certification. Um, once you have the first one, hypnotist, you can take the real programming hypnosis certification. And the I do see a tidal wave of need and people looking for this kind of thing. And we need to have the professionals out there ready. Definitely. And that's what, that's what I'm but trying you, to do. But if you're the average person... And you want mm-hmm. all of these wonderful things that I'm seeing and we're talking about that we can get. Um, and we just pick up your audio set or even the book. Could we actually mm-hmm. sit there and do it through your book if we wanted to? Self-hypnosis. Could Ab- we? Absolutely. I have somebody who wrote on Amazon uh, a review and she's, and she's in the mental health field and she's done lots of hypnosis. It hasn't been that effective. And I was really thrilled because she said she wrote her own script mm-hmm. and weight was her issue. And then uh, after listening to the script uh, just for, I think it was less than 30 days, um, actually, I think she said in one week, she, her ideal was to lose five pounds. And she said at the end of the week, it was like, and she couldn't do those last five pounds. The five pounds were gone. She said she learned how to write a script. She really learned self-hypnosis. So um, I had somebody tell me uh, after I wrote the book, they said, you put too much into it. You should have made it three or four books. You know, that's not the way you do things. And I went, this is the way I do things. Because I want mm-hmm. to give people everything they need to know. I really want them to do this and be successful in it. And I do feel it, it's um, something that, Everybody can pick up, and if they can't, they can email me, and I've I've done that for for people just who bought the book or the audio book. Um, I do have myself and other people give feedback. Okay, there is mm-hmm. that saying that um, this I, I hate repeating things, but like this, but. Um, people who are not intelligent cannot be hypnotized and all that. So, can anyone be hypnotized? Don't now. Oh, I'm actually going to say that. <laughs> anyone can be hypnotized, but if the person can't hear, if they've got a hearing problem and it can't get into their hearing, well, that's uh, it's not going to be effective. If they've right. got a serious, let's say they are very mentally deficient, 
um, there's a question whether they can, because when you're sleeping, your subconscious is the one that's active. Well, their issue, their physical issue, their mental issue isn't as affected in the subconscious. It's something different. It's like the subconscious is connected to our higher power, to God, as I like to say. And mm-hmm. so that is a place we still need to do more investigation. Um, I've had people with children who are more, are somewhat mentally deficient listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just hard to know how much difference. They haven't all gotten back to me. Mm-hmm. But I'd say it's certainly worth investigating, and the audios are, you know, very, very affordable. So it wouldn't be a big investment uh, to, to work that way. Um, most of all, it it's important um, to learn it if you're a parent or a caregiver or have any interaction with other people. Um, it's, it's so important to understand the subconscious mind. It's important for sales trainers. It's important for, of course, teachers and um, anybody who owns a business. It's important. I think it's important for everyone is basically what I I think we're hearing. I don't think anybody doesn't need this. Um, I see you you're writing down for it's reduced symptoms of dementia, oncology, um, everything. And and personally, my one belief is that if we were brought up having self-love and you know, just self-respect, that would be it. That would be it. I think that would be the answer for everything, literally. The basis the basis for self-esteem is loving yourself and accepting yourself just as we are. We are right. all works in progress. No one's perfect. That's an issue, huge issue I deal with. Perfectionism, it can drive people crazy. No mm-hmm. one's perfect. And I know. Our mistakes are learning opportunities to learn to do things differently, to learn to do things better, to learn you're human, you're not perfect. You can reach for perfection, but all you do, and this is the line I use, you do the best you can under your circumstances. And you have to be okay with that. Yeah, and I'm okay. Yeah, I've identified about seven things I need to work on that are very heavy. So, but yeah, I think that this is wonderful. So can you tell us um, your new site? I know you have a new site out. Well, it's not completely done. It's still going to be Gail, spelled G-A-L-E, Glassner, G-L-A-S-S-N-E-R.com. I'm having a new one. It's like offline. I'm putting together... Um, modernizing it, making it easier to to get through. But I have a ton of testimonials, a ton of case studies. Some just, you know, people like this woman that I helped, she thought she was going deaf. She was Her hearing in one ear was very little with a hearing aid, and the other ear was going downhill, and the doctor said, your, your um, nerve died, and we can't help you with this anymore. And she came to me, again, a client that knew that the subconscious can be into most anything. Um, we did a session, wrote, of course, the script, and a day, the next day, she said, my hearing's better. After that, she said, people who used, 
who um, mumbled and I couldn't understand them. I'm hearing them 85 to 95% better now. Wow. Wow. So I told that to people and what they say is, oh, that can't be. <laughs> because it's well, so far it off the radar screen, we can't even imagine that can happen. But so much can happen when you work with the subconscious. Well, so that's much. what I mean. That's why I think people like you are here to usher us into yeah. a new way of healing that is natural for humans. Um, if you want to know more about Gail, please, she has a Facebook page, Gail Glasner, G-L-A-S-S-N-E-R, Tversky, T-W-E-R-S-K-Y, A-C-H, Reprogram Your Subconscious. Um, she is on linked at Gail Glasner Tversky and Twitter Gail Glasner at Gail G T and wait it's G Tversky okay I got that right mm -hmm. and um, next week we're going to have Mark Anthony the psychic lawyer back we had him on I think about two years ago he's an amazing medium um, but Gail is also available for private sessions yes Gail right uh, should they write you at mm -hmm. your email, your Gmail, or should they just write you at your site? How would you do that? Probably at my site would be the best, the contact okay. page at galeblaster.com. Okay, so, and I okay. just wanted to correct one thing. I haven't worked with dementia, uh, but there is a book with somebody who has done uh, some wonderful work, and that's on Audible and Amazon. And um, I think it's still a top seller. So if people okay. are uh, specifically uh, interested in that, um, I just want to clarify that. Okay. Thank you. I mean, you, you certainly do enough. Um, but <laughs> and, and I know that if you didn't do something, you would refer them to it. So um, I'm so grateful that you were here with us. I really appreciate it. I know I'm going to be doing this. Um, and I'm, of course, Adina, and you can find me at askadina.com. And we love you, and BBS is the best, and we will see you next week. Thank you, Gail, and thank you guys for listening in. We'll see you next week on the 16th. I think so. Mm, I might be wrong, but I think so. All right, everybody, have a good week. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye.